I suspect that some of you may have been apprehensive about uh, this talk uh, if you had learned that I, I was uh, planning to talk about the process of writing these three last books that are the Law and American History Trilogy. Um, you know, anticipating writers talking about their work, um, you know, sometimes they just say, I can't talk about it, and perhaps that would be a good way to uh, present this talk. Um, or alternatively, they say things like, it all started in a small room where... Uh, <laughs> So I, I thought that instead of talking about the details of how I came to write these books, I would talk a little bit about how the market for writing books, if you're a legal academic, uh, having those books published and reviewed has changed dramatically since I first started. My first book was published in 1968. It was a very prototypical uh, first book of that time, I wrote it, it was my doctoral dissertation. It was published by a, uh, a university press, uh, Yale University Press uh, affiliate, I mean, I, the dissertation was at Yale, and, and it was not uncommon for uh, the host press to publish uh, certain dissertations. I, I of course, uh, it was submitted as a manuscript, uh, it was reviewed by reviewers. I remember that uh, at one point I was told by the, the press that I needed to revise it because there had been some objections by the reviewers. I, I, I did revise it. Um, it. It ended up then being published and, and was reviewed in the sort of standard uh, special, specialty journals of the field. Um, I then moved from that kind of model of, of uh, of doing books to, uh, to one where I signed advance contracts and sometimes I attempted to get advances. And there was a time uh, in the, I guess it's starting in the uh, late 70s and early 1980s, um, when the uh, academic publishers were, were becoming increasingly aggressive in attracting, seeking to attract manuscripts, and they were trying, and they were prepared to pay fairly decent advances. I, I never got an agent or attempted to um, uh, peddle the book, but, but I actually uh, got some advances for a time. That, there, that cycle is sort of an up and, and down cycle. Um, uh, began to recede as the world of, of publishing uh, just really got turned upside down by the, the digital revolution. Um, it, it's now the case that uh, it's much more difficult for academic works to get large advances. It's not more difficult for um, academics to get published. The, the, the uh, university presses, all of whom are subsidized by their respective institutions, uh, basically um, uh, identify their visibility by their lists. They, so they like to get people on their lists. They like to get a lot of books. And the acquisitions editors really are now doing mainly acquiring manuscripts. For my first book, my dissertation, I had a very significant substantive editing in-house. Um, it is now the case, at least it has been with me for, for many, many years, uh, that, that once the book is acquired and you sign an advance contract, then they simply, the press simply waits for you to turn it in 
Uh, they may send it around to some people to vet it, but they basically put it into production, and that just means that they outsource it to a, a copy editor. Uh, and you don't get, you really don't get any substantive editing, um, or very little, and you get technical editing. Um, so one of the difficulties that that results in is that you really want to try to send a manuscript to a press as clean a copy as you can, and it means you have to sort of do a lot of work, um, pre-production work. The, the other thing that, that is significantly different is that academic presses just don't make any money on their books. Uh, once in a while, they made a great deal of money. Uh, David Reisman uh, published The Lonely Crowd with Yale University Press, and that book was a, a, something of a bestseller um, in, in the 1950s, and Yale University Press and David Reisman made a lot of money. Um, but that's a very, un, very unusual case, and now, and, and now the returns are, are, are comparatively insignificant. So uh, th this raises the question wh why or whether uh, people in the legal academy should write books, as opposed to saying doing journal articles. Um, there are some real costs to writing books. First of all, writing a book takes a much longer gestation period, typically, if you want to do an ambitious book. Uh, I don't mean, by the way, I don't mean a book, as some people have, uh, have attempted, which is, which is simply a combination of previously published articles. Um, w one can do a book of that sort, uh, but the presses don't mainly like it. They think that the, they're just duplicating stuff that's already in print. Um, and so what I'm talking about is a from-the-ground-up kind of book, which is, um, uh, which is somewhat theoretically uh, uh, ambitious uh, and, has, and has a fair amount of uh, breadth and depth. Uh, I, I think that's, I happen to like that kind of writing. I think that's challenging writing in a way that writing law journals is not. It's not that writing law journal articles is not challenging, it's just a different form of challenge. And I particularly like being able to sustain themes over broad ranges of time and space. And I think that's one thing I seek to do in, in my books. And for me, that's something of a qualitatively different experience th than doing a journal article. But it, it takes a while. Um, I, I began this series of books um, in, in uh, about 2009, um, and, and I published the, the third of the volumes uh, this year. So you know, that's a 10-year that's a interval in which I've been uh, preoccupied with, with the topic of law in American history, starting in the colonial period and going through the 20th century. Uh, when my first volume came out, a reviewer, and, and I, I note that the reviewer was, was an online reviewer, uh, and, and that's the common reviewer these days. Uh, and there are also no filters on online reviewers. Uh, if, you, if one wants to see one's books, the main place to gather uh, reviews of one's books, look on Amazon.com. Um, and, and the reviews are sent in by whatever, from, from whomever. And they say anything they feel like, you know. <laughs> they, they, 
they rate you five stars or they rate you one star. Um, sometimes they talk about the condition of the book. Um, uh, but, but um, so, I, I mean, I think, it's a, I think it's a serious question whether one wants to spend uh, 10 years of one's working life uh, producing books that, that in the end uh, may, be, may disappear from sight. Uh, in, in terms of review, and that's a and that's been a major change in the in the review culture. Uh, it, it used to be the case that that there were book sections of most newspapers, independent book review sections. Uh, the New York Times still has one. I don't think there's another paper in the country that does. The the other papers fold them into um, general sections. Uh, they sometimes review books on a, uh, sometimes the dailies review books, um, but they rarely review academic books. Once in a while you get an academic book, um, Tony Cronman's book on the assault of American excellence that sort of crosses over into uh, a, a larger audience and that wasn't published by a, a university press and sometimes you'll get fairly extensive reviews of that sort of work, but they certainly don't review my books as, as they used to. Um, uh, my biographies of Warren and Holmes and, and American Judicial Tradition and several of my books got reviewed in, 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 um, in newspapers. Um, so it, it all adds up to the, you know, when you're, when you're deciding to do a, um, uh, do a book project, uh, it's a if done, I think, in a, in a way that will, will be satisfying, it's a long-term project with somewhat iffy return. And then there is the added difficulty uh, brought about by the current uh, law school ranking system, which is now factoring in what are called citation counts. That is, how frequently is one's work cited in other places. But the Persons who develop these citation counts have defined their market to include, at least for law, legal academics, law journals, not books. Books don't count in citation counts, um, nor do, uh, nor do uh, essays in book collections. Um, what counts is um, law journal articles. Now, if, if one assumes that, that doing a book is a full-time project um, so that it makes it more difficult for one to do law journal articles while one is doing a book, then, um, uh, then in a sense, th th there's not only the cost of um, entering onto a long-term project for which the, the rewards are, are, are maybe uncertain, uh, but also, in effect, being absent from the citations market, um, not, not only in terms of recognition of one's citations, but in the perception by uh, one's peers in the legal academy that, well, you know, what has X done lately? What has X written lately? It may be that X is writing a book. Um, so uh, it, it's a real, um, it, it's something of a conundrum if one believes that book writing is, is a, 
uh, is a very stimulating, as I do, is a very stimulating and challenging enterprise, and one wants to continue to do it. Um, nonetheless, I, I, I note that increasingly law professors are writing books. Uh, that, that uh, if anything, the trend is in the legal academy, especially at the, in the elite sectors of the legal academy, is to writing more books. Um, and I just find that interesting. I, and I, I attribute it to the fact that, that um, as I say, books are a, a different sort of challenge, uh, and books are a way to communicate one's ideas outside the legal academy as well as inside. And so there may come in a point where people just say to themselves, I'd like to uh, put my ideas together in a somewhat larger format, a somewhat more perhaps integrated format based, based on uh, my previous work, and I'd like more people to potentially have access to it, and I want to do that. And I, uh, you know, I really, you know, I, th I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit like uh, uh, once you do it, you don't ever want to go back. Um, but, uh, as I say, it, it, it can come as a cost. Um, so, so um, I, I just want to uh, wind up with a with a story about talking about the arc of a career in, in terms of market markets for one's work. Um, when uh, when my first volume came out in the Law and History series, uh, there was an Amazon reviewer who apparently um, reviews regularly, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I. I'm very uncertain about the audience for this book. Uh, I, I just don't know, you know, I, I don't know, specialists aren't going to find it, it novel, perhaps. Uh, uh, generalists may find it a little too technical. Um, so I, I'm wondering what the publishers and White's expectations were for, for writing this. And, and I, I noted that review. Uh, and I, I would say, in 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 terms of of sales uh, of these uh, of this trilogy, that that his uh, his concerns have been realized. <laughs> uh, so I, I would not recommend. I would also not recommend writing this sort of book for profit. <laughs> oh. um, but for me, it's 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 been worth it. So I, I anyway, I just want to. Uh, the last story I want to tell has to do with what one does next. Um, the, the way Lou put it, um, I hope this isn't part of any expectation, um, uh, I should be sort of basking in the sunshine and, and uh, perhaps anticipating retirement. Um, but, but I'm not. Um, and, uh, and I decided to do a, a, a new book. And, and the, the book I decided to do was a little bit analogous to a situation I found myself in in 1993 when I published the book on biography of Holmes and I had published prior to that one of the Holmes devised histories on the Marshall Court. And those were two very long projects um, which had taken me another basically 10 year interval. And I wanted to, I wanted a break uh, from that kind of a book and so I decided to do a book on baseball. Um, and I did, I published a book called Creating the National Pastime. Well, 
faced with a subsequent interval, at this point I decided to do an analogy, uh, a book on soccer. Um, so I'm doing a book on the reception of uh, soccer in America, why it failed to take root initially in the uh, late 19th and early 20th century, and then why it has now suddenly emerged. Um, and, uh, and so I thought about getting an advanced contract for that book, and I wrote a book prospectus. And I sent it to the usual suspects, um, academic presses like uh, uh, Oxford and, and Harvard and Princeton. Princeton had done the baseball book. Uh, and, and, I th and their response, I thought, was really quite interesting. Um, nobody took it. Uh, and, and the stated reasons that they gave were they're publishing, we're publishing fewer books. Um, we don't do much sports history. Um, and so we're just unwilling to commit. So I, I, uh, I, I was unchastened, but, but undeterred, um, and continued to peddle in, and I've, I have, uh, uh, I've secured a publisher, the University of Missouri Press, which has a sports history series. Um, but no advance, um, and and um, uh, let, let's say that on, on the prestige order of uh, a publisher's Missouri Press is not at the very top. Um, uh, so I don't know whether that's a, I don't know whether that's a comment on me uh, in in the late stages of of my career, um, but it, it it is it is certainly a risk that one takes another risk that one takes. Still, um, for me, it's been enormously satisfying to pursue this um, this particular form of, of scholarship and and I uh, I'm sympathetic to anybody of my colleagues who wants to try to do it but I I thought I should uh, I thought I should warn you <laughs> thank you